look at this morning a tremendous talk that Jesus gave one day outside in the sun, and it's really profound. So we want to turn right, right now to Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, if you have your version, want to follow along. We'll begin with verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, Florida. The streams rose, Florida. The winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came. Streams rose, winds blew, beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus, often when he was in a service like this, would tell a story or a parable. And in this story, he tells he is talking about two houses, but actually he's talking about two different ways that people build their lives. You build your life the way that you build a house. And then Jesus gives us this contrast, and he says, now there, there's one person that's building, and they have this sense of being able to hear what I say, and he says, they not only take notes and listen with their hearts, but when they leave the service, they are intentional and decide to practice what they were able to hear. And Jesus says, when calamity comes, their foundation is described as being a rock. Conversely, there's another group of people that they're able to listen they're hearing the same talk that Jesus gives. They even say amen. They even say good job, great talk. And when they go back home and they begin to do life, the Bible says that they have a little problem, and the problem is they don't practice. Say that word, practice. My mother used to say to me, practice makes And Jesus is putting this big deal about the houses, about hearing, and also about being really good in the practice. Now, when we don't practice, the foundation is shaky, it is shifty, it is unstable, and it is scary. Because the wind will come. And if the wind is not hitting you today, look out, the wind will blow. The storm will come, and then you find out exactly how your house was built. 
Because the storm I have found is either blowing now, about to come, because storms are a part of living in Florida or in the entire world. And Jesus says, why don't you be ready, able, and willing to really have a foundation that is on the rock. When we go to school from beginning at five or six years old or graduate from high school or go to college, all of our studies are primarily on our minds and learning and having knowledge. However, when we come to the things of the Spirit, here Jesus talks about hearing. We do not hear with our minds. We hear with our hearts. One verse in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 says, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And we ultimately practice what happens to be inside of us. Now, there is one wall that all of us need to be sure that we build properly, and that is the wall of financial resources. It matters to God how we move the resources that God has given to us. For starters, God says concerning this area of cash, he says, I am the owner, you are the manager. And what he is saying is, get, get the picture clearly, because the Bible says in Psalms 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It's amazing that Jesus, when he was talking, gave about less than 500 verses on faith about 500 on prayer, and yet there was this ripple effect of 2,000 lines regarding our cash, our financial resources, and the whole wall that we are building in our lives. And what he wants us to understand in building the wall is that we have learned to put God first. Say that, God first. first. Not too loud. God, God. to put God first. Because uh, Psalm 8, verse 6 says, You, God, gave them, us, charge of everything. You made putting all things under their authority. So now, everything that we have concerning our financial assets, this wall that we are building in this house that has to do with our life, begins and ends with the fact that he is the owner of it all. And I have found it's very easy to give away someone else's money. <laughs> it's easy to be sitting here, someone's next to you, and you take their checkbook and you say, praise God, there is no limit, and you write a check. It's coming out of their account. But in fact, that's what we do. We give away his money, and we manage it. 
The Bible talks about an alert, about a warning, about being very careful of the power of cash and financial resources. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, be devoted to one and despise the other, <clears throat> and you cannot serve God and mammon or money. Whether you have a little bit or you have a lot of it, money can somehow take a hold of you, and there are people like Rockefeller one time, many, many years ago, someone asked him and said, you know, you've got all this wealth. How much more do you want? Mr. Rockefeller looked at him and smiled and said, just a little more. Money, without being in God's hands, can become another God. I know when I graduated from the university, I wasn't totally sanctified. Stop laughing. <laughs> My goal was to be in business and make a million dollars. Praise God. Well, I'm here and that ended that. So we have to make God first, you second, and Starbucks third. It's interesting, before you leave, it's interesting that centuries before Moses, in the year 2000 BC, there was a man by the name of Abraham. He had gone into battle had a victory, had spoils, and the Bible says that there was a priest, Melchizedek, this mystery guy who had no beginning or end, that he was blessing or telling about the blessing on Abraham, and Abraham walks up to him and does something that is so great, he gives to them him a tithe. And out of the tithe, I believe he was already blessed, and he responded to the blessing, and he gave. And we have this principle in the Bible, this truth, about God's people being able to respond and give generously. The Bible says in Leviticus 27, verse 30, it says that the tithe is holy unto the Lord so that there can be finances that come and maybe they come from the wrong place or they just come from everywhere. But the Bible says when they go into the house of the Lord, the tithe becomes holy as unto God. All through the Old Testament, constantly God was saying, I know you're having a good harvest. I know you guys are excited that the sun came out, there was rain, and now you have all this harvest there. And he said, I want you to bring the first of the wheat and present it to me. And there's something that God works through our understanding in building this wall that he is the owner of everything. And he gives us the joy and the pleasure of while we are on earth for this little while to be his manager for him and to be faithful in building this wall so that we are God-honoring and we are giving him all of the glory. Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 and it says here verse 10 bring the bring the whole tithe whole tithe tithe is 10 excited about that 
bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. In those days, they had the synagogue, and next to that, they had the, the storehouse kind of, and someone would come, and they bring two lambs, or they bring some animal, and they stored it there, but it was all for God's work and God's ministry. So he says, you bring into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. The tithe represents the ultimate test. Ten in the Bible is about testing. And so, fathers and mothers become the models and the examples in building in their house this wall according to God's ways of our financial resources. Pastor Jeff and Tracy have many children, but I heard the story not too long ago of their daughter, Lauren, and it's amazing when she was about nine years old, Tracy said that she would get money for her birthday or Christmas and started to understand the holy tithe unto God at nine. When she got to be a little older and got $100, they opened a savings account. And then, not too long ago, a checking account, because she is a professional babysitter, in, a, in addition to going to school. I heard, not by her, that she made $75 the other day, and she put it in her checking account, and then she texted, what's 10% of that? Seven, only one person here, okay. <laughs> it is complicated, but we'll work here together with this. $7.50. So we can teach our kids not only to play video games, but to start texting. I am. <laughs> so a father and mother is actually providing a path of blessing for their sons and daughters so that when they are the model and they have understood this incredible way of building your financial resource wall and they have passed from duty to delight. They have gone from a frown to actually having a happy heart because God loves a happy giver. Wouldn't it be something if we say we're going to receive the offering and everyone in the building starts to laugh and there is happiness, not, oh my God, I will never see this again. <laughs> no, your car payment you'll never see again. <laughs> your house payment you'll never see again. But there is a treasury in heaven. And we're laying up treasures in heaven. And we say that actually because the holy book says that, that when we understand under the grace, and Jesus affirms this in Matthew 25, 25, and we understand that we get to be able to be a part of building our wall God's way, 
we begin to move from drudgery and, oh my God, to praise God. Hallelujah. And we begin to understand the purpose of it. And where's Lauren? Stand up, Lauren and Jeff. Here's the wonderful family. Stand up, Jeff. Stand up, Tracy. We understand uh, in this series called In This House that we're reestablishing what are we about, what, what has God called us to be that is based on the word of God, and that we are called in these values and the culture that we establish of growing together, of pursuing his presence, serve like Jesus, go and make disciples. And the last one that he would put in our hearts that we give generously and that we not only do it ourselves, but we have, how many have children? Would you raise your hand? Raise it real high. Let's pray right now. Father, pray for all these. <laughs> so that we're teaching our children not the principle of entitlement. You owe me this. Really? Really, really, you owe us, anyway, let's not get into that, <laughs> oh, Jesus, but wouldn't it be wonderful if we get it, and so we have a child, a son or a daughter at nine years old, and they're taking a little envelope in there to the child's the children's ministry, and they're going to link, and they always come with an offering or a tithe on something that they got, and we teach them not when they're 27 or 47 or 97, but we teach them when they're seven years old that this is what God says, and we don't even just say it to you. We actually believe this, and we are a part of building this life the way God does. Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25 says, the world of the generous gets larger. Oh, I love that. Larger and larger. The world of the stingy. Okay, all the stingy people leave. No. <laughs> the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others. Read that with me. The one who blesses others. Hallelujah, I like that. And why, why would he come up with this? Why would he say to us that we have the opportunity to be able to build our wall according to his plan? Because the bigger picture is he is building the kingdom on the earth. And... The prayer that says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we are involved in building a kingdom and that to build the kingdom of God on the earth requires that we participate and be a part of something great. There are so many things that are happening in our family here at Church in the Sun Remember, we're building his kingdom, not our kingdom. Scripture doesn't say our kingdom come, our will be done, oh glory to me. <laughs> it's his kingdom, and every time that I take something of my financial resource and I build his kingdom, I can be assured that I walk in blessing. And blessing is not limited to any one area. I think one of the, bless, the blessings of all time is to wake up in the morning and to be able to say, this is the day the Lord has made. I am happy my sins have been forgiven. My wife is serving me. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We have many, and husband too. That wasn't in my notes. But we have so many things. Yesterday, uh, we celebrated this great five-year marker of Raphael and Casey who had and have a great vision for those children who have these uh, limitations uh, physically. And Buddy Brake has been serving hundreds of these children. They meet once a month. And we have a dream team in there that are a part of this, these children that have special needs. They call them VIPs. And uh, we laud you. Stand up, uh, stand up, Raphael and Casey. I got a letter Thursday morning, family member in our church, many years ago, their son took the life of a person. So all of a sudden, this this long letter comes from this prisoner, Kirk, and in the letter, it says, the the prison ministry leader, Nelson, is a great God-fearing man that is obviously anointed and the perfect one for the job. The entire team are well received for their ministry messages and their obviously obvious obvious love for Jesus. And then he goes on and he says, here's a a prisoner in for a long time. One thing is for certain. God is loving and forgiving and will respect, accept us back with open arms And then he goes on and thanks the Lord. I think we need to thank, I don't know whether Nelson is here. He's probably watching online and all the team at RPM. I think we ought to just give a good shout to them. Friday, Friday we had a team of 40, a a dream team of 40 and Pastor Ken not too far from here in Rosemont, 6,100 pounds of fruit, vegetables, organic meat, serving our community over here. Second Harvest Harvest provided that. One lady had been in a hospital, comes out, has just a couple dollars to go to a grocery store, hears about this, pulls up her car, and got all this food. 300 families. Is that cool or is that cool? Pastor Ken, Andrea, stand up. And all the team that was there, thank you. It's amazing what God is doing in our congregation and right here in our church. The winds of the Holy Spirit are blowing. The coming reign of the Pentecost is coming upon us. And we have entered into a place that we have never been before. We are going where we have never been. We are entering into a realm of the Spirit where He is pouring down His power upon us so that we are able to go farther. We're able to do more. We're able to conquer every enemy in the city. For we have not been called just to our house. We have been called to a city. And we have been called to Orlando. And most of us did not come from the city. We were in some other country. We were in some other city in the world. But somehow you and I are, are in this city. And we're not here just to, just to have a job. We are here to be a city on a hill. We are here to affect this city for Christ. We are here to shake the very gates of hell. And this is our moment, and this is our time to see God do things that have never been done before. And that is why we have decided that we are now preparing. We are preparing for what God is going to do. And that's why we have Heart for the house. And in just a few weeks, we're going to take an offering. 
And it's going to be an offering where we all step out in faith. And we're going to trust God. We're going to believe God. We're going to be a model for our children. We're going to be a model for our family. And we're going to say, Lord, I'm giving this because I want to build the kingdom of God. We're not building the kingdom of church in the sun. We're building the kingdom of God. We are not giving to this church. We're giving through this church. But we are giving for God's kingdom to be established. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A part of our offering will go to the Christian Service Center. A few days ago, I was with Commissioner Robert Stewart, incredible sacrificial leader, has been leading this cause here in this city. It's 10 minutes from here. They are taking care of those that are in poverty. They have a family and emergency service. Where families come in, they're in an emergency. They have caseworkers. Last year, they served 5,700 different families. They gave out 10,000 different pieces of clothing. They have what is called a love pantry that in 68 schools in Orange County and also in Seminole County, they have like a food bank there, and they come in every single week, and they fill it up because there are many students in this city that do not have any food, and they are providing for them. And they also have daily bread. They gave 78,000 meals last year. At their location, they were getting ready to serve 390 individuals meals because they are so impoverished. impoverished. We are going to join with them in partnership. We are going to take a part of this money and we're going to ship it to them. And not only that, we are going to partner with them and we are going to have 100 workers that are down there, dream teams, and our vision is to have ministries that are every place, everywhere in the city that we are serving and that we have dream teams that not only they're showing up, but they are dreaming God's dreams. They are expecting supernatural things to happen until we take this city for Christ. There are... The other morning... One of the most incredible mornings of my life, I was sitting in my chair, got out my book of prayer, had read my scriptures. God began to talk to me in my heart, and I kept hearing him saying, there's more, more abundance, more fruitfulness, more souls to come. Desperate people are coming in this room. No hope at all. Battered by sin, battered by life. But this is a place where they come in contact with the grace of Jesus Christ. That no one is beyond the grace of Christ. That every person has the right to be forgiven of their sins and have a brand new beginning. That is our congregation and our church. We are expecting such a mighty move of God that we have never seen before. And when I met Pastor Choco de Jesus that day on that bus in Seoul, Korea, and we're talking about a an awakening, we're talking about a revival in America, we're talking about the cities in America, and here he's up in Chicago in the inner city, 15,000 people in literally in that city being Jesus. And one morning I said, Lord, what do you want to say? And he said, ask him to come to Orlando. I thought, he's got a church, of, he's going to leave 15, he's going to come here. And I text him, he was in another country, 
And a couple days later, I asked for a date, and he said, November 4th. And I right away text back and said, yes, yes, yes. So in two weeks, we have decided to have friend day, Friends Day. And it's all about people who don't know Christ. It's about this city. And our dream is that every person gets one person. And we see the largest number of souls coming to Christ that day. And after that day, we will never be the same. And we are praying and we are fasting that God will do the impossible. Today, we receive this opportunity to be a part of the expansion. Ushers, come. This morning, I felt as I was in prayer that we should believe for something unusual to happen financially in people's lives. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Bible says, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. All blessings come from heaven. Father, open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing to those that are discouraged, the blessing of hope. To those that have given up, the blessing that you have a plan. For those who need a miracle, bring down the miracle of healing, deliverance. Hallelujah. This is our moment. This is our day. This is our time. I was moved this week when I got a call from Rodney Stallings. He was crying on the phone. He, he's up in the Panhandle area. The devastation is absolutely unbelievable. Nelson texted me yesterday and said, I've been up there. I'm so exhausted. I've been driving all night. And it moved me to say this this morning. And by the way, thank you for the 10,000 last week. We sent up that Samaritan's purse. Can you say amen? I felt like the Lord said, Alex, you give this week. And I want to ask everyone in the room, young people, everyone, I'm going to ask everyone to do something if it's one dollar. And I'm believing this week we're going to ship another 10,000 up there and help those people. How many have friends, family in, in that area? Right? Just stand up. Those that have fam family, friends in the area, stand up. Look at this. 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 Up in that area. Do you all say amen to what I just said? You can be seated. So let's give a good, good gift to the Lord. Thank you. I needed that. You're ready to give? You can text. Just put mission for that amount you give. Please, please. If it's just a dollar or five dollars, just do that. Let's all, kids, students, young adults, let's all do something. Hallelujah. We're working with Samaritan's Purse. I want to I pray a prayer now. Father, I pray for all of those that are in the panhandle that have been destroyed by this storm, and we pray that you would care and love them, watch over them. Lord, hey, maybe we'll have more than 10,000. Maybe we'll have 25,000. But God, your heart is on that panhandle area, and so is ours. pray in Jesus' name. Amen. No one leave now. Don't leave. Ushers, praise God. Smile as you give. Hallelujah.
No one move for a moment. Let's stand, please. No one move. Stand up if you would. Like us for just a moment to wait upon the Lord, just a moment. Felt like the Holy Spirit just said, wait just a moment. Breathe upon us. Breathe upon us. Breathe upon us right now. Hallelujah. Breathe upon us from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to come right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift our hands. Let's invite the Holy Spirit. Let's do a song on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Just felt like the Lord all of a sudden said, something's going to happen right now. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Lift your hands. I want us to sing it. There's, there's a chain. That's it. That's it. That's the song. Sing it.
adjust the voices together. We exalt Know there's a wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit here. This is a wonderful opportunity to invite those that need Christ. And it doesn't matter what we've done, how far we've run from the Lord, because the love of God is so everlasting and so measureless that with his love and his grace, we are able to respond and say, Jesus, you take me and forgive me of my sins. In just a moment, we're going to count to three. And you need Jesus. Maybe you've known about him a long time. You haven't been in the practice. And you say, Jesus, this is my moment. October the 21st, 2018 can be your moment and your time. You can make that decision to say yes to Christ. And it begins with a simple prayer of putting your faith in Christ. And I believe there are a lot of people maybe away from the Lord. Don't don't believe that God doesn't love you. Don't believe that there's no hope for you. There are a number of people in the room have given up on yourself. But today Jesus says, I love you, Bill. I love you, Deborah. And there's someone here by the name of Linda, and God says to you, I love you, Linda. So if your name is Bob or Linda or Charlotte, he loves you. And so on that cross, he died for you and for all of us. Sometimes a hand represents a heart that's aching. You can put up your hand in just a moment and say, yes, Jesus. I believe that's going to happen right now. If you need Jesus and forgiveness, one, two, three, put up your hand, put it up high, put it up high. Yes, yes, yes. Put it up, 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 put it up. Put it up right now. Put it up. Get your hand up. Get your hand up. Something magnificent is happening in this room. Something powerful is being released. Those that have no hope, you've given up. You're getting out. And maybe you didn't have a father or you didn't have someone that believed in you. Well, I'm standing in for your dad and I'm saying, girl, get, get up here. Son, come up here. You raise your hand. Walk up here. Walk up here. Get out of your chair. Walk up here right now. Balcony, walk around. Come, 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 come right now. Yes, yes, come. Come right now. 
Come all the way over here. coming over here. They're coming over here. Keep coming. When I asked you to do something a little uncomfortable, not supposed to do this, but who cares? Uh, we're going to turn to somebody and say, do you need Jesus? And if they say yes, you walk with them down here, or if they raise their hand before, you walk down here, because there are a lot more people here that need Jesus, and you need to come. Turn to somebody and ask them if they need Jesus. Maybe your wife will get saved, or husband. Come right now. Come. All the place. Sing that again. They're coming. Yes, come, 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 come. Come. Come, right here. Yeah, over there. Come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Yes, right there. Right there. Come, come. Come on. Yes, come. Come on. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. Come. Come, come over here. Have come look up if you would look up 
Sometimes when we come to Christ, we feel how bad we are. Our focus is not on that. Our focus is on the person we're coming to, who is Jesus. One day, a woman was having sex with another man, and they wanted to kill her. And Jesus showed compassion, and he saved her, and he said, don't do that anymore. And he loved her. And I pray that at this altar, you will feel the love of Jesus, that you are valuable, that you have worth. The way we come to Christ is in our hearts by praying a simple prayer. I'm going to ask those that are online to pray this prayer with us. And maybe you didn't come, but you can whisper that prayer in the balcony or wherever you are. And we pray it in faith. And then your next step will be declaration of water baptism to say, Jesus, take my life. Announce to the whole world that Jesus is your leader. I always like to pray this prayer really loud. So I want the enemy to know that on this Sunday, he lost his followers You can't see what we see on the platform. I can tell you there's a dad over here in the back, and I think it's probably his son, and he's hugging him really tight. I'm going to pray this prayer and say it very loudly. Jesus, Jesus I, put my faith in you, I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe, confess and believe that, God raised Jesus from the dead, that God raised Jesus from the dead, and he's alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace. And the gift of righteousness and eternal life. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, you are born again. Go with Pastor Dave. Go with Pastor Dave for a couple of minutes. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Go together.